You're listening to On The Line, the interview podcast from entertainment.ie. Hi guys, Deirdre Malumbi, staff writer at entertainment.ie here. And in today's On The Line, we're going to be talking with Nora Toomey. Nora Toomey directed The Breadwinner, which is this absolutely brilliant um, animated film set in Afghanistan during the Taliban regime. And we talk about the amazing um, power of this movie. We talk about the work of Cartoon Saloon. They've so far done Song of the Sea and Secret of Kells, two other brilliant um, animated movies. We also talk about how Angelina Jolie came on board of The Breadwinner as an executive producer. And we talk about what it's like to be nominated for an Oscar. So check it out. Congratulations, Nora, first of all, on The Breadwinner. It was such a moving, such an inspirational movie. So well done on it, first of all. Oh, thank you very, very much. Lovely to hear. I was hoping, would you take us back, uh, first of all, to the very beginning of the movie? Because I understand often with animated features, you know, they do take a number of years to actually get made. So when did the production on the film actually start and then where did the inspiration actually come from? So I uh, first heard of The Breadwinner uh, over five years ago when um, one of the producers in Cartoon Saloon brought the book to me. So um, he had uh, been given the book by Canadian producers who had seen our previous film, The Secret of Kells, and wanted to see if we could do something together with The Breadwinner. And I read it in a, in an evening and fell in love with the character of Parana, a young girl who's growing up in Afghanistan during the, the Taliban regime uh, mm-hmm. back in the late 90s and early 2000s. So um, so that's where the it, it's all started out. Um, yeah, it, it, it took a, a long, long time to make it. It took over five years uh, from that point to where we are now. Amazing, yeah, yeah. I found it really fascinating that, because um, I've been following, you know, the work of Cartoon Saloon like, for a number of years now. It's amazing all the stuff that you guys have produced. And I find it really interesting that in the past, you know, you've served as like a creative producer and as an animation supervisor and effects animator, head of story. And that's just to name, you know, a few of your roles. Um, and then you co-directed Secret of Kells, of course, their first big feature. And now you're kind of solo directing The Breadwinner. So how did that kind of come about and how what was the experience like? Yeah, you know, um, when, uh, you know, Cartoon Saloon, we, we started out as a group of friends in, in college. You know, we, we met in college, myself and Tom Moore and Paul Young, Fabian Erlinghauser, a load of people that I still work with uh, today. Uh, we just uh, loved drawing. Um, so when we moved down to Kilkenny to start to make films together, we just, uh, you know, lots of us filled lots of different roles uh, within, you know, because within animation, it's very much a team effort. You have uh, lots of different disciplines. Um, for me, I loved learning um, things about sound design, things mm-hmm. about editing, things about uh, animation, of course, um, and all the different processes. That kind of makes you a better director. You know, if you, if you know a little bit of everything, uh, you understand, uh, you know, what your team are going through if they have, you know, particular difficulties on a, on a production you can understand uh, easier if, if you've been there yourself you know mm-hmm. um, so yeah I mean I've, I've had a meandering kind of course I, I directed short films when I first uh, when we first set out in Cartoon Saloon I uh, co-directed The Secret of Kells with mm-hmm. Tom um, but very much in a, a supporting kind of role uh, I was head of story in Song of the Sea so all of these things kind of taught me different things about filmmaking so when it came to The Breadwinner I had this massive <laughs> realisation that being a director isn't really about, you know, um, forcing your will on, on your team <laughs> or, or telling everybody this is the way this film has to be. Mm-hmm. It's about finding 
um, you know, the, the, the skills and talents of each individual member of your team and try, try to encourage that so they all have a sense of ownership on the work that they do. And when people have a sense of ownership on the work they do, and when you can make all that work together, then you then it makes the film a hundred times better. You know, it makes the whole experience of working together um, really honest. Um, you know, and not you know, it's it, 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 things are never smooth, but it means that um, yeah, the, the the work that you do, you can see it on the screen. I think you can see that kind of attitude of you know just people working together to try and tell one story. For me, it's it's the ultimate in hope when you have people drawing together, making music together to to put something on the screen that. Represents, you know, something as, as strong as the character of Piranha, you know, that's that's extremely hopeful. So in terms of like, you know, animation being like a particularly collaborative process, mm. there hasn't been much kind of change. It's kind of it's always kind of based on that collaboration and kind of almost a crossover roles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. It is really collaborative. I mean, it continues to be so. As a director, again, you, it, it's lovely to go from department to depa- department, mm-hmm. especially on the Breadwinner, where it was a co-production. So it was, you know, one department was in Ireland, another one was in, you know, uh, Luxembourg, and another one in Canada. So getting to meet different teams, uh, the different dynamics within each team, getting to communicate what it is that you know the heart of the story is, and the, the you know how, what it is that's the true line of the character, uh, and making sure that that's um, that you explain it in a way that it can be translated into everybody's individual skill set you know um it's uh, yeah it's 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 amazing i love i love uh, working together in in teams animation it does take you know much longer than than live action takes but uh, i think that the, you know the, the results are quite timeless yes. and then i think that the the atmosphere like when you're going into work every day it's a really joyful place to be right, um, can you tell me a bit about having Angelina Jolie as an executive producer? First of all, how did she hear about The Breadwinner and then how did she end up coming on board? Yeah, we, we had the film financed, but we were at an early draft of screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, Deborah Ellis, the author, had written the first draft and then Anita Doran had written so, uh, a subsequent uh, draft of the, the screenplay. And we had been looking to see if we could find uh, an executive producer who would help champion the project and help kind of guide the sensibility of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, her name comes up, you know, first. And, uh, you know, our other producers were saying, yeah, but, you know, get real, you know, yeah. <laughs> let's try and find an Angelina Jolie-esque person you know, <laughs> as opposed to the actual person. Um, so, but uh, we managed to get the screenplay in front of her, um, some of our executive producers, Jahan Nujem and Karima Amir and John Levin. Uh, who uh, Jahan and, and Karim had um, produced a documentary called The Square about the uprising in Egypt. Uh, uh, they, they produced it a couple of years ago. So they managed to get the screenplay in front of her and uh, she read it and uh, really understood the type of film we were trying to make. So she asked to meet me. I flew over to Los Angeles, pretended I was there on business, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, it, it felt like the continuation of a discussion rather than the beginning of, of a discussion. It was, it was. Uh, she was very easy to talk to, but very passionate about um, Afghanistan. She yeah. has set up a school there over over a decade ago. You know, she uh, continues not just in Afghanistan but around the world to try and support the rights of young girls, in particular uh, children, and the, the rights uh, to education that mm-hmm. that. Uh, that uh, children have um, so that was a very yeah, an easy relationship she was a very gentle guiding force all the way through the, the production yeah, yeah. and I understand that she made like suggestions about like casting and stuff like that as well mm. wasn't it and then like like you said just the fact that she had so much first hand experience of being there it, it must have been amazing to have her on board and everything it was it was yeah. incredible but also I think because you know she's somebody who's worked on every type of budget you know yes, she's true. she's been working in the industry in, in Hollywood since she was a very young girl you know so she's 
She's um, had every kind of experience, but she understood that we were making an independent film, that it was a co-production, that where you raise the money, you have to spend it. But within all of those uh, confines, she found uh, or, or encouraged us to find ways where we could cast as many Afghan people or mm -hmm. people whose parents were from Afghanistan, make sure that our cast were, you know, um, you know, people who had stories to tell, you know, yeah. that, that had a little bit of depth to them, who understood the character of Piranha maybe a little bit more than I do, you know. Um, so it, that was that was fantastic. We also, when we took that all the way through to the, the score where Michael and Jeff Dana um, brought the um, Afghan uh, Music Institute, which is based in Kabul, on board. Um, and we used the, the Nahid Girls Choir of Kabul um, to um, help enrich the score. So every time you hear Hope in the film, you hear these young girls' voices that were recorded last summer in Kabul, um, the same week that over 100 people you know, um, died. But to hear their, their voices... Uh, um, represents again like the, the idea of hope the, the idea of the young women this next generation of afghan women um being vocal uh, using their voices mm -hmm. and 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 hearing their strength and hearing that layered through the, the the score of her film is you know something that's truly amazing really beautiful yeah i'll have to i'll have to watch it again and look out for that specifically i have to say um but I know it's been a few months now since the Academy Awards, but you can still, you know, kind of proudly say that the breadwinner is an Oscar nominated film. Like what an incredible accolade and everything. Mm -hmm. um, what was it like getting that nomination? What has the aftermath been like since? Yeah, it was it was pretty surreal. You know, in, in Cartoon City, we, we've had two previous nominations for a two films uh, it's the secret of Kells and song of the sea, sea yeah. so there was a pressure on the breadwinner you know i felt it uh, from the moment that we announced that we were making the, 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 the that we were starting the, the the project um but you know you you can't hope for something like that and for us um because it the the two previous nominations had really um shone a light on the films that we make you know we make independent films we don't have huge publicity budgets or anything like that so to get a nomination means that the the focus of the world comes onto your film and people start to talk about it people start to uh, review it you know that might <laughs> otherwise have so um so it means that more people are going to see your film so mm -hmm. for us it's it's huge you know to have a nomination like that i still don't know if i've kind of fully uh, acknowledged that it happened you know <laughs> uh, i mightn't for a, for a while it was a bit of a, a whirlwind uh, once you get the nomination you're in a you know big publicity thing where you try to again make sure that as many people watch the film as possible um, but yeah, it's it's been tremendous and it has made a huge difference for The Breadwinner. The Breadwinner is on Netflix in the US right now and I can see on social oh, media wow. that there's a whole, um, you know, a, 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 a completely new audience again, you know, kind of thing opening up to the to the film, which is really amazing. And now it's finally made it here to Ireland. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, I mean, it's been shown around um, the world really at this um, at this stage, like you said, now in being released um, in the states on Netflix, it's going to be open to even more audiences. Have there been any responses from audiences so far that have surprised you? Um, it's you know it's different with every different you know I, I've, I've been to China, I've watched the mm -hmm. film uh, in, in China uh, two weeks ago um, and Argentina, you know, a week before <laughs> that. So um, I watched the film in uh, Washington D.C. with the First Lady of Afghanistan, uh, Rula Ghani. 
and um, some young Afghan women, one in particular, uh, a young woman by the name of Shabana, who runs a school uh, for Afghan uh, girls in, in Kabul. She had, during the Taliban era, uh, cut her hair and dressed as a boy in order to um, uh, accompany her older sister to mm -hmm. a secret school at the time. Uh, she eventually made her way to the US, um, got a degree, and then went back, you know, to 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 encourage the next generation. So meeting all of these um, Afghan women, honestly, has been the, the, probably the most encouraging and wonderful and inspiring thing that I've I've I had come out of this whole experience of directing the breadwinner, <laughs> meeting so many women who are determined to make a change in their country, you know, who have a choice, you know, a lot of people in Afghanistan don't have a choice, you know, they they. So, so to see these women make a deliberate choice to go back and to um, to encourage and to help, you know, is is uh, is really inspiring. Amazing, yeah, yeah, it is inspiring. Um, I wanted to ask a bit about the tone of the movie because what I found quite striking is it's realism really and it really kind of you know indicating the kind of violence that is present in the society at this time and everything it almost struck me as maybe isn't intended for a more mature audience but it is still animated you know so what were you thinking about when you made the film in terms of like audience is it kind of geared towards more mature audience or do you still want to have like family kind of in mm. mind yeah it's it's a, it's an interesting question I mean the, the the film is is aimed at the same audience as the the, the book is is aimed mm -hmm. at which is like um, you know, uh, young adults from the age of about ten upwards, mm -hmm. um, uh, up to adults. You know, um, <clears throat> having said that, my children watched it at a much uh, younger age, and it it depends. You know, children are always surprising. Uh, sometimes children are very um, scared by supernatural things in in films, True, yeah. and yet if it's something that. Uh, exists in the real world they're less scared of it you know uh, if it's something that that uh, you can have a discussion about that makes some kind of sense you know that that that, that they find that less scary and I found that uh, a lot with the with the breadwinner oftentimes as well adults get uh, pretty traumatized thinking about what their children are experiencing watching the film rather than you know seeing what you know the, so the children will follow Pravana how she mm -hmm. handles the situation they will likewise you know identify with her yeah. and, and feel a sense of uh, power from that whereas when you're an adult imagining what your child is experiencing watching something like you know a, a child growing up in Afghanistan um, a, it can be it can be traumatic. So it's 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 always surprising. I, I would never think that animation is just for children either. You know, it's it's a very broad medium that can be used to express any number of things. You know, so um, so I love seeing animation get stretched and and see it uh, uh, telling stories that are for a much uh, broader audience. But um, yeah, I mean, I you know, I the the, the film. It, you know, isn't there to sell toys? You know, yeah, <laughs> the film, yeah, the film yeah. is there to open discussions and to <laughs> ask questions. You know, um, it, it, it there is a, a, um, a suggestion of violence in the film for sure, um, but it, 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 it's a, it's an honest portrayal of what life is like for for children in in, in times of conflict. It's not a, it's not a very simple uh, telling of the the story either. You can feel the layers uh, mm -hmm. of. Um, you know, uh, the, the, all all of the different layers, basically. You know, in, in the story, whether it be you know Pravana just trying to provide for her family, or the decades of war that led up to to that particular situation, and what that does to a family, and what that does to to a society. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, pieces is, is is so hard won, but it's it's so easily destroyed. 
Yeah, it's interesting that you touch on that because actually that's what I was thinking in terms of like the breadwinners cartoon saloons I suppose you could say their third feature film because Mm -hmm. it's very different in that you know it's not set in Ireland it doesn't have Irish themes but it still kind of shares in common with those two films the emphasis on the importance of stories and storytelling was this something that was kind of intentional or did it end up just being a happy coincidence that it had with the previous two features Um, I think that we are always drawn as a group of friends and a group of storytellers I think we're we're drawn to the power of story you know Mm -hmm. I think that you know everybody is a storyteller you go home in the evening. You, you know, if you're you, if if you're, you're living with somebody, you tell them what your day was like. In a way, you're you're telling a story about your day. You know, you're you're normalizing, you're sanitizing, <laughs> you know, you're you're processing what went on that day. So everybody does it to to different levels. When I became a mother, my children um, used to ask me to you know tell two stories at night. One with one one from a book and one from my imagination you know mm-hmm. and and again you know realizing how we you know stories help inform us and ha- help keep us sane really mm-hmm. i think um so f- f- um you know afghanistan is a, is a nation of storytellers like the irish you know mm-hmm. um so uh so i it's it's always been an interesting um way for us to explore character you know mm-hmm. uh, to to get at it through story do you think, um, looking to the future of Cartoon Saloons, that they will be looking at more kind of international stories like this or go back to Irish stories? Or w- what do you think they'll be next? And what are you working on next yourself? Yeah, you know, in Cartoon Saloon, we always try to identify, um, you know, directors. We're looking at the next generation of directors coming mm-hmm. up now, you know, and trying to just identify people who are very passionate about what they do. You know, it's such a time-consuming process that you have to make sure that we can all get behind, you know, people who are, you know, very passionate and energized and excited about uh, about animation and about storytelling, you know, so that's what we continue to do. Tom Moore is making a film uh, called Wolf Walkers, which mm-hmm. is the third in a kind of Celtic mythology uh, the feature films. Uh, this one uh, centres on a young girl who comes to Kilkenny uh, during the, the Cromwell era, you know, and mm-hmm. she... Um, uh, it's a, it's around the time where the the last wolves would have been driven out of uh, of the the, the cities, and uh, she discovers a, a a creature who's um, a little magical kind of wolf creature. So uh, we're making the we're in the the middle of that at the moment, and then after that we're uh, beginning a, a feature called My Father's Dragon, uh, which is uh, I'm directing with. Um, uh, with the writer on it is uh, Meg Lefov, who wrote uh, for Pixar's Inside Out as well. Okay. So we, we're we're constantly keeping busy. We have a number of TV series on the go at the mm-hmm. same time. So we have a big animation community down in Kilkenny now. So yeah, amazing, brilliant stuff, very exciting. And then my very last question for you, Nora, and this one is just purely for fun. Can you tell us two or three of your own favorite animated movies? Say ones that have maybe inspired oh. you over the years. I love um, My Neighbor Totoro, which is a That's Japanese, a yeah, <laughs> Japanese uh, uh, film from uh, Studio Ghibli, which mm-hmm. is a really a beautiful film. But what, what I love most about it is just it feels like if you ever just lie back in a summer's meadow, you know, just uh, and, and, you know, look up at the, the clouds in the, in the sky, that the whole film has that feeling, you know, it's, it feels like a warm hug, you know. <laughs> Um, if I can think of any other, well, of course, Disney's Cinderella. I love the design in uh, in that film. It's such a beautifully uh, designed film, uh, really, really gorgeous. Um, and I recently, actually, just at the weekend, I think RT or somebody was showing um, 
Kung Fu Panda 2. Mm-hmm. Beautiful film. I'm watching my little boy getting really emotional about that. <laughs> but it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a lovely film. So I love, I love all, all types of animated films. Yeah, you've actually, in fairness, you've covered a lot, even within the animated genre. It's amazing to see, you know, the scope that is actually present there. Well, that is absolutely perfect. Thank you so much for that, Nora, and congratulations on the movie again. Thank you very, very much. So that was my interview with Nora Toomey. Um, really looking forward to seeing what this woman does next. I think she has a phenomenal career ahead of her. And I hope you enjoyed today's On The Line.